Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Smashbox TV's new podcast, Unsanctioned. And I'm your host, John Van Dersen. This is the podcast where we get to learn about what makes the people in our sport of disc golf kind of tick. We learn things about them that they probably don't even know about themselves. And how do we do it? We do it the most scientific method, BuzzFeed quizzes. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Jamie Thomas. You know Jamie from his time running uh, the Spin TV YouTube channel. And now he's the new voice on the Alta World Disc Golf Podcast. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. We both have our we both have our alcohol with us, so we are we are set to go, and we are going to kind of break down, yeah, just a little bit about you and maybe your thought process on some of the most inane, silly things that we can find, and maybe we'll dig into a deeper and find a nugget of uh, of gold here for us. So let's start out with our very first quiz, uh, Jamie. Right now, you. Do you have a an outside job outside of disc golf? I guess technically I do a little freelancing here and there. Uh, okay. I've been working with Zuko a little bit, so it's oh. tangential to the industry. Just kind of doing some content creation, but no, it's mostly disc golf. I knew you were these you were days. a bartender at one point for a little while too, a couple of years ago. Is that true? Yeah, right across the street from where the San Francisco Giants play from AT and T Park. You know, bowling alley chain Lucky Strike. Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, like restaurant slash bar slash bowling alley. I mean, you would never go there if you're a competitive <laughs> bowler, but like you go and hang out, take a date, whatever, buy $15 cocktails. That's where I worked. <laughs> Perfect. So this quiz is what career should you actually have had? This is okay. put on by BuzzFeed. Uh, Heben Nagatu is the BuzzFeed staff writer on this one. The question, the first question, they've got all these little uh, fun cartoons on every question. So Scrooge McDuck asks you, what would you spend your tax refund on? And we've got nine answers. Big screen TV. How much is a yacht? An exotic vacation. Two words. Apple store. A shopping spree. Give it to charity. Books. Piles of books. A down payment on a Range Rover. Or the smart thing? Would you invest it? All right. Is everybody keeping up at home? Nine options. I know. Multiple choice question here. I think a couple of these quizzes are going to have nine. So we can uh, can narrow it down. All right. Here's what. I'm not going to spend my tax return asking the question how much a yacht is. Google (laughs) can do that for free. So we can knock that one right off the list. Oh, man. All right. It's probably going to come down to either an exotic vacation and I'm trying to figure out where like buying new camera gear fits into all of this. Yeah, that's not really Apple Store. And you did just take a exotic vacation. You were in Thailand with your wife, I correct? Did. Oh, nice. Yes. And my brother and his wife. So we kind of just rolled around as a as a foursome uh, to see a bunch of different places. Got to play a little disc golf. Thailand's awesome. You guys should go. I, I know uh, my co-host Terry Miller will be there in a few weeks to participate and do some filming yeah. there. So that should be a lot yeah, of fun. He- I he was hitting me up on Insta asking about it. Uh, he was asking when I, I posted a picture from the Samui course where they're playing the Samui swine, and he was asking me about it. So that's going to be fun. It's a really – it's a cool course between some coconut groves, and uh, they it was in the middle of harvesting coconut season while we were there. So you got the guys with the long poles trying to knock the coconuts down, and one dude has a pet monkey that will <laughs> climb the tree, pick the coconut, and throw it down to the guy. Are there no labor laws, no animal labor laws, like child labor laws out there? Oh, this is Thailand. 
what what anything I mean, there's laws i should i shouldn't like be on something that i guess could technically be an international <laughs> internationally syndicated can we say that podcast and be like go to thailand there's no laws there no there, there's laws uh but let's just say infrastructure is kind of whatever you make it it's a little lax we'll say that yeah, i think your okay. your media gear might fall under shopping spree right in the our center square yeah but see the the if this test shows me lawyer, I'm going to laugh because the lawyer in me wants to say this is an investment, Johnny. I'm investing in my future career that doesn't exist because I'm taking this quiz. Very true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Investing in invest it. I suppose you could you could flip a coin there and decide is your future gear investment, which will do nothing but depreciate and lose value, especially with uh, some of our bigger NAB shows coming up where they all talk about all the new gear. The minute you buy something, it's out of date yeah. and it's worth about half of what you paid for it or would it fall yeah. under a shopping spree okay here's what i do i'll just throw the curveball right now um i have never been to scotland or ireland and they make some pretty good whiskey so let's do exotic vacation nailed it we'll take that one we'll do it as we know you're in the media you have a you're, you're well probably well versed in all things relating to movies and media and stuff so this is might be the most difficult question of the night Oh, man. You have to pick a trilogy. These are nine of the probably best trilogies known to man. I had this conversation a couple couple days ago with somebody. Would you pick Back to the Future, the Dark Knight series, The Matrix, Toy Story, Star Wars, the original, Godfather, Indiana Jones, The Hunger Games, or Lord of the Rings? Have you seen all of these trilogies? I have seen at least a piece of all of these trilogies. I've seen most of them all the way through. Um, I don't think I saw the third Back to the Future, the third <gasps> Godfather, or the third Toy Story. But you saw the third Hunger Games. Aren't there like four of them? And they split the two? Did they split like Harry Potter where they split the last I book I think into you're right. I think they like split that. the last one into two. I yeah. fell off after the first movie. I've read all the books, but the, fir- the mo- after the first movie, I kind of thought, eh. You know, it's it's the Hunger Games. Let's, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the film film buffs will know it's Battle Royale. It's a Japanese film before it was ever um, Jennifer Lawrence. But I, I kind of like Jennifer Lawrence. So I did see all of them. I'll admit. No shame. Uh, in that. Let's let's nix that one since there's technically four of them. I mean, I'm a nerd through and through. I'm a nerd from the get go. My honeymoon, my wife and I went to New Zealand and we went to New Zealand very, very specifically because it's a gorgeous country. So gorgeous, in fact, that they made a trilogy that's on this list. So I think if I don't pick Lord of the Rings, I'm just lying. And I want to be truthful on these quizzes. I, I completely understand. I, that's, this is such a hard question because I think after the first Matrix, you can throw the rest out. But uh-huh. I, I would have a hard time how Lord of the Rings or Back to the Future. Those are, to me... Those are tough, I know. but your quiz, your Lord of the Rings, we're going to move on. We're going to find out how much closer this brings you to your future career. Ooh. You're stuck on a desert island. What do you bring? Journal, a Kindle, which for those of you that don't know is an e-reader device, not the, like Kindling, uh, a smartphone, <laughs> an, <Damn>. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, an iPod because you need your jams. The funny thing is those are kind of one and the same these days. Swiss Army Knife. Food slash water, a George Foreman grill, a book of crossword puzzles, or just a buddy so you don't get bored. 
Yeah. I mean, look, half of these things on this list are the same thing. Like my journal, my iPod, my Kindle, my smartphone. That That is a smartphone these days. There's a guitar. I need that on the list. That's what I would have. You just entertain yourself coming up with songs or playing songs you know. Are you an original songwriter or are you more of, hey, I'm going to, I love this song from XYZ and I'm going to learn how to play it and jam? Well, if I fancy myself, <laughs> then, you know, I, I'm the lost voice of a generation that nobody listens to. No, uh, <laughs> a little both, a little both. Like, if you leave me alone, if you leave me alone with the instrument, I'll end up just playing. I guess you would call them original compositions, even if they don't ever end up being anything more than I'll sit and try to learn how to play something else. You weren't but, the guy in college that we made fun of that would sit in like a public area and play Dave Matthews band. Are you? Oh, no, I'm I'm the farthest <laughs> opposite end of that. All right. All right. Yeah. Just, uh, he knew like I think he knew one Dave, one or two Dave songs, and that's all he played as we saw him almost every day in the student union and you know you get, uh, you get some girls that swing by and they swoon for a second and then they move on <laughs> god teenagers are dumb no oh, so dumb <laughs> i was so dumb as as i fully as like i'm over with some friends that my wife and i hadn't seen since before the holiday break they're all college friends who somehow made it out to california with us and we're reminiscing about the stupid stuff we did like in the beginning days of college and all that and it was just like Holy cow, we just had this moment where we're rolling on the floor laughing at how stupid we are. And if you're like over 30 and you're watching this, then you're like, oh, yeah, I've had that moment. And if you're under 30, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Pick pick your desert island thing and move on. So <laughs> That's not the point. If, if you're under 30 and listening to this and you're thinking that, you clearly haven't listened to the first two episodes. That's not the point of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, or you have not had enough whiskey yet. One of the two you can pick. That too. All right, let's. Um, I'll stop stalling. I'm not going to take a George Foreman grill, although I do love the episode of The Office where Michael grills his foot on a George Foreman grill. If you haven't seen that episode, go watch it. Um, let's go with a buddy so that I can talk their head off. Any particular yeah. buddy? You want to put anyone on the spot? Who are you going to drag to you? Drag who, with who you I, to this desert island? Who am I going to condemn to hell for <laughs> yeah. the all of eternity? <laughs> With you and hopefully a guitar, you'll you'll make your own guitar and you'll just be sitting there driving someone insane. Yeah, I think I'd have to bring my brother because he's like one of the only people that'll put up with me for that long. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll go with that. Probably had about eighteen years or close of experience, you know, getting used to that now. So yeah, exactly. The Dalai Lama brings us the next question: Who is your dream dinner guest? Steve mm. Jobs. You're out in the land of San Francisco, so he's kind of like an idol out there. Uh, Beyonce, like a prophet. Yeah, uh, Beyonce, the Dalai Lama himself, Oscar Wilde, Maya Rudolph, Stephen Hawking, Jane Goodall, Kanye West, or Michelle Kwan. It's quite wow. a variety. That is a variety. Um, okay, Steve, uh, Steve Jobs would be very, very interesting. But here's the thing about Steve Jobs: Apple sucks now that he's not there. This is a hot take podcast. Can we just do hot takes? We can do hot takes here. Okay. Apple sucks now that Steve Jobs is gone. Um, I've never been an Apple product fan, but I always look like you can look at Steve Jobs and and you know what he was going for. And he was thinking like what we would now call a creator, right? Yeah. There you go. I mean, how many, how many people use iPads and uh, Apple products that use Final Cut? 
I think it, like other than the barrier to entry, he, he was thinking in the way of creators. I don't want to rant, but I feel like he did such a good job with his time that we understood his mind through the products he created. I, th- I feel like that it was a very transparent from thought to product. It was efficient. So I don't need to talk to him. That was a long way. I've heard based on some of his books that he's kind of a dick. He'd probably stick you with the bill. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, look, it's, this is Silicon Valley we're talking about. If if you look, if anybody hasn't watched the TV show, Mike Judge's show, watch it because it's so accurate. It's so incredibly accurate that it's a great TV you know, show. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, Maya Rudolph was amazing. We're talking about TV shows. Big Mouth. She is fantastic. So it's a Nick Kroll joint that uh, they're they're running through Netflix. It's an animated show about kids hitting puberty. Ah, yes. I have seen that pop up. It is the most accurate way you can, like, depict the things you're going through at that age and, like, recalling those old feelings, you know, from, like, when you were going through it. <laughs> and it's it's got an all-star voice cast. And Maya Rudolph is phenomenal in that show. So, you know what? Let's... I want to go. Let's. I want to talk to Maya Rudolph. I think she'd be very interesting to talk to. Let's do that. I'm glad you picked that. I'm a big fan of Maya Rudolph. She has a phenomenal voice. If you don't know yes. that as well, she she did a cover of uh, a Tegan and Sarah song, and it's with Matt Sharp from formerly of Weezer, and it's it's great. Plus, she's in a series on Amazon. I think it's called Forever with Fred Armisen, and it's oh, okay. Sud- it's subtly. It's very. I almost want to say slow. But it's it's a unique series. I watched it's one season. SpongeBob, like SpongeBob, SpongeBob. He brings us the next question. What best describes you? Bold, observant, creative, badass. I see that as Jamie Thomas, badass, adventurous, <laughs> critical thinker, determined, passionate, or loyal. Yeah, I want to be a badass, but I just don't think I am. <laughs> you know what I'm good at. I'm good at convincing people that listen to the way I intonate and the way I express myself. You're like, oh, man. Or maybe that's just an asshole. I don't know. People think one of the two things, badass or asshole. But uh, I I had a conversation with my wife recently, and I remember that I, it, it, we've been together a while, so it was weird that it came across recently. But I was like, wait, you don't hear riffs in your head, like little musical things here and there like you don't just wake up humming something that doesn't exist or she's like no what so i I think that's kind of creative so i hope at the end of the day that's what i'm thought of as all right creative i don't wake up with riffs that i don't know in my head i always assume i wake up with songs in my head but i always assume it's a song if i can't place it it's a song i already know and heard because i'm not really very musically gifted so i'm just making the assumption that Somewhere along the lines, I heard it, and it's either some hip new song that's going to vanish out of my brain because I heard it on the radio the day before, or it's a kid song, one or the other. What city should you actually live in, Jamie? With a picture of the Eiffel Tower here, we have Barcelona, Los Angeles, Paris, Portland, London, New York, Rio, Cape Town, or Tokyo. Oh, man. I like a lot of these cities. Why? Why? 
why is Portland on this list overall? Like, I love Portland, but that's a weird one to have on this list. I'm guessing BuzzFeed, a lot of hipsters. Portland kind of fits that mentality. If It feels like it's one of those cities now that it's almost become a destination for probably people that read BuzzFeed. And disc golfers. And disc golfers, hands yeah. down. I mean, we go we go on a Portland trip every year. I mean, you know Sean Jack, mm-hmm. SFO tournament director and uh, the ratings whisperer, as I like to call him. That guy can <laughs> guess your round rating to like ridiculous accuracy, like U-disc accuracy. Um, yeah, we go to a Portland. We go to Portland every year on a trip where we basically just play disc golf. I mean, last year, we played over 100 holes in like four days and Ooh. just flew back to San Francisco. It was great. But well, and this year we have two stops in Portland, so we've got uh, the Beaver State and the Portland Open in basically back-to-back weekends. Yeah, are you guys uh, are you guys covering that covering Portland Open live? What Blue Lake? You know about that course, right? We are not covering any of the Pro Tour stuff live. Remember? Oh, what am I thinking? <laughs> Wait, you, you're still you're still not <laughs> still negotiating not, with the Pro Tour yet, or still, what? Still not negotiating with the Pro Tour yet. Um, but we, I oh, might man. this year. I want to. <laughs> uh, this year, I do want to make it out to Beaver State Fling. It's one of those event, one of those events that is on my bucket list. One of the few that are left in the country that I haven't been to that really I need to get to. So, I'm, I'm yeah. hoping to make that in my plans this year. Okay, Beaver State Fling's awesome. Uh, on this trip, as I try to save myself here, on this trip that we've gone on to Portland, we we were there last year when the Next Gen Tour was doing their stop. And so, one, we got to see Feldberg, and this was like shortly after he announced that he was going to have a kid. So, you know, congratulations to he and Cynthia there. And because the Next Gen Tour was doing the Beaver State Fling layout, we actually got to play the West and the East course in full because it was a Next Gen like practice day for that tournament. Man, that like that course beats those players up, and they're still shooting like eight, nine, ten down. I think was the hot last year. It's a brutal. Like, it can be a brutal course. You, it's you have, brutal. You have to throw far and accurate, which yes, I, I do usually neither of the two at the same time. And the worst is like when you get off the fairway, you have low ceiling, so you're automatically limited on your shot selection and realistically how far you can advance up the fairway. So you have to put your first shot in the fairway. It's a problem, man. You were really nice to me when I just completely messed up something <laughs> that I shouldn't mess up. Uh, I mean, it's not like you're on one of the largest disc golf podcasts, you know, next to Smashbox, of course, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. where that would know it's, that it's not like you didn't come on that <laughs> podcast and talk about that exact issue. No, I Not understand. It's, like, uh, Jamie's drunk. There's so much news this uh, this year that it, it it can be hard to keep track. Yeah. Can't wait to get roasted for that one. Let's move on to picking a city. You know what? Let's just say this. And this is another disc golf reason. Let's say Tokyo because I hope the Japan Open comes back someday. Oh, what a great event. You've made it there or no? I went to the very last one. Very lucky. It was my first year working with Spin TV. And UC brought me out to Tokyo, or well, not not Tokyo, but to Japan for the Japan Open. And then for, I guess that's 2014, so it would have been European Masters in Stockholm. Okay. So, amazing year that year for trips. Yeah, I went to the 2010 Japan Open. Phenomenal. Just You're right. It's an event we hope to see again in the future. One of a kind. 
What way do you want to waste your time by reading a magazine, Jamie? What magazine do you prefer? Fast Company, The New Yorker, Vogue, Scientific American, Sports Illustrated, Reader's Digest, Forbes, Nat Geo, or Wired? I honestly am not a magazine person. I never really have been. Like back in the day when you could get your Nintendo cheat codes in a magazine. Mm, all Nintendo right, Power. I think like. Yeah, Nintendo Power. It was like the last magazine I ever had. I don't even read the Disc Golfer magazine. I've said for years, neither do I. I, I appreciate the I appreciate the things. Maybe magazines aren't my thing. Um, so this is tough for me. Let's go with what makes me seem smart. <laughs> There's a few here that could make you seem smart in different ways. Yeah, I feel like Forbes or the New Yorker are the like, like socially savvy things like if you want to hobnob with the upper class you probably read the new yorker forbes um i'll pick scientific american for my wife though because i feel like that's more you know that's that's knowledge you got to build on and that's a magazine you could probably just leave lie around and she may pick it up and actually you know thumb through it unlike probably something like i don't know your wife but maybe wired or forbes you know depending on her interests so yeah She'd probably read Scientific American and Fast Company off of this list. I I like Fast Company. It's the whole entrepreneur thing is a I'm a big fan of, and I like to read kind of things like that. What's going on? Uh, you mentioned Michael Scott earlier, and he brings yeah, us the next go. question. What do you look for in a workplace? This might be a difficult question for you, as you're not in a workplace other than your personal abode. It sounds like they're not even looking for the workplace, but what type of work? A good challenge. Focused mission, organized, interesting coworkers, excitement, job security, <laughs> which as a media person makes us all laugh. Uh, yeah. Attention to detail, risk taking environment, or flexibility. Well, jokes on you, Johnny, because I'm at work right now. So, uh, you know, my workplace is sitting here talking to you. Not a bad job. Did um. I'm actually really I'm kind of torn because I, I like a good challenge. I need a focused mission. I mean, I don't think you can thrive in an environment where there's 18 competing goals, you know, a house divided kind of thing. Um, but I like people that take risks. That seems like the most interesting answer. So I'm going to say a risk taking environment, risk taking environment. I like that. Back to movies and genres. So we're going to... Steven Spielberg staring us down. He wants us to pick a genre. I believe that looks... Is that... Uh, oh, I thought that, that looks like a uh, maybe a USO hat. Hard to tell. I thought it was the UCLA hat at first. Oh, yeah. Pick a genre. Document... Ugh. Documentary, my dear Watson. That was difficult to say. Foreign. <laughs> comedy, LOL. Indie. Drama. Sci-fi fantasy. Inspiring sports film. Action or horror? Huh. I'll go with drama for the reason that uh, my thesis film in film school was a romantic comedy. So, well, that's probably the closest thing there. Drama and romantic comedy. All right. Yeah, dramatic. It's well, I guess you go with comedy, but like when you think romantic comedy, you usually think, well, okay. 
I guess if we go back, technically comedy means happy ending and drama means sad ending. If you want to go back like Shakespearean and classical writing and things like that. So let's get, you know what? We should go comedy. All right. We're going to go comedy instead. Yeah. I'm doing great on these quizzes. That is. We got to do. Yeah. uh, We're going to do three quizzes. I think this is our last question of this particular quiz before we find out what career you should have had, Jamie. All right. You are, (laughs) you are something if not outspoken. Pick a social network, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter, WordPress, Instagram, Reddit, Pinterest, Facebook, Tumblr. God, just show me a list of all the places I don't fit in. All right. Yeah, I think we nailed it. Yeah, got it. (laughs) Check. Nobody wants you there, but I'm on all of them. You have a a reputation online of... how would you what do you think your reputation is online? I I don't I don't know if it's like the same every year. Like there's some <laughs> years where I feel like disc golf is just hey, get rid of get rid of this dude. We hate him. And some years like, hey, we're glad you're part of the community. And then I just can't keep a thought to myself sometimes. So You're not huh. afraid to be outspoken about political, social, obviously disc golf related things. You kinda hit the gamut of most button issues online for better or worse some may say sure sure you know what like while we're on this topic we'll just stall the results of this quiz a little more here while we wax philosophical um i i realized something like in the age of trump and the age of social media and like this divided country kind of thing that we're in and it's sort of a learning process because you always have the older generation who's like Stop posting online. Stop saying things. It doesn't matter. Just shut up. It'll pass. And then you got the young generation who's like, look, this is our method of communication. We understand this really well. And you have to speak out and you have to say something. And you have to not care who it offends if you're at, like, if you're at the end of the day proven right by history. And I think I've learned in the last couple of years as I've tried different mixes of posting and not posting. It's like it's somewhere in the middle, right? You've got to speak out when something's important, but you, you really do have to take care to like let it go for an, a night, like sleep on it, come back in the morning, compose yourself better. And I, I've definitely had to learn that lesson. I'll be very <laughs> candid about it. It's really tough because on on one avenue, I totally agree with you and I say – if you have a platform and people listening, is it your civic obligation to put what you feel is best into the world? Uh, the example I gave was the first lady, regardless of who it was, always has a platform for something. Uh, I believe uh, yeah. currently it's bullying. Uh, Michelle Obama had f- basically health food and health and activity and things like that. We had, we've seen, you know, dare and things, these things in the past, you know, some people are along the lines of, you know what, just shut up. Just be the first lady and don't tell me what to do. And I'm kind of under the impression of, no, she has a huge audience. It's, I would feel almost empty if I didn't have, if I had that sort of platform and didn't try to do what I felt made the world a better place. And I think social media does that on a much smaller scale because you being, you know, spin and ultra world, you have a, a, a following of people as do. I with Smashbox and sure. our and our top pros. We saw this with Jeremy Colling recently, where he made a post about uh, the current political climate, and it got a lot of traction. 
it, I, I almost feel like there's a moral obligation regardless of what side you're on. But sometimes, sometimes it's hard to swallow when it's not, when you don't feel like it's your side. Yeah. And here's the thing. You make a great point. The difference with social media, and I'll totally admit that even despite working on social media, like we do, essentially, uh, there's it builds the echo chamber, right? The algorithms have us. And so there's a there's a very interesting thing that I found, and I would venture to say you found too, is it's like sometimes if people like what you have to say or they they want to co-opt you for their side, they're going to say, you have a platform, you need to say something, do it. Don't be irresponsible. And then people who are sometimes on the other side or sometimes just don't care about what you have to say legitimately will say, hey, dude, you don't actually have this platform. You need to shut up because you're just annoying me. So it's very interesting in social media as we get into like this niche world where like disc golfers can find each other online and be engaged in these hardcore, way deep conversations, you know, listen to podcasts like we produce, care about who throws what plastic. It's such a deep level of entanglement that it's like, it's kind of a platform, but it's kind of not because in, in the wider world, nobody cares, but in the small world, you could affect your small world, but then you have these little like niche bubbling up against all the others. And it's just this weird thing where we're kind of boxing ourselves in if that makes any sense at all. I think it does. I think it does make sense. And you have, uh, point is I'm confused about when I need to shut up and when I need to talk, but I'm learning. Well, so I don't think there's a hard and fast rule for any of us, (laughs) but if you're going to spew your, uh, (laughs) your crazy San Francisco beliefs on us, Jamie, uh, where are you going to do it? What social Instagram, Instagram. So you have to post a picture. All right, so when we click Instagram, we're going to find out what career you should have had. Let's find out our results. You got astronaut, Jamie Thomas. <laughs> I did not expect astronaut. No way. It, it says here, you are an explorer. You are curious about the world around you and the way it works. You look at things closely and often with a different perspective than everyone else. You're quite unique, lucky you. Other occupations? Researcher, teacher. My kindergarten teacher, my mom, you know, how your parents always have the stories they tell every Christmas. Mm-hmm. So one of my mom's favorite stories to tell is back in kindergarten, I had a teacher and she walked up to my mom one day and said, Donna, that boy is either going to be a preacher or a teacher. And so I always kind of thought I'd end up as a teacher, to be honest. The two are not very far off, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I would hope <laughs> you I'll be nice. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. So All our right. first answer astronaut. is astronaut. We've gotten through our first quiz with Jamie Thomas. Let's move on to quiz number two. This one. This is our second quiz. This will be the final quiz for all of our regular listeners. We will have a third quiz for our Patreon supporters. Uh, this quiz as Jamie and I are both drinking. Which booze are you? Perfect. You know, you, you can't go very long without alcohol. That's what I say. Um, <laughs> uh, and what a lot of drunks say. The scientific fact, if you're Irish, it is necessary to life. Before we get into what booze are you, let's have you take a wild guess. If you had to pick one, what are you, what, if you had to pick one drink that you, let's just say one month, you can only have one alcoholic beverage. 
what is it? Is it a beer? Is it a craft beer? Is it a whiskey, a bourbon, a malt liquor? What do you got? Four loco for a full month. No, uh, it's whiskey. <laughs> wow. Whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Four loco before they took the energy drink out of it. That is yeah. a month that I would feel extremely sorry for your significant other. It's a month I probably wouldn't remember if that was how you were doing it. <laughs> well, look, see, I, I recently made this discovery. I asked a bunch of people. I think this is at Worlds tying in the, the bourbon. Or wait, we didn't talk about this on the show yet. I don't think we have. Uh, okay, what are hold you... on. We can't do which booze are am I if we don't talk about what we're drinking first. I will. You are the guest. I will allow you to go first. What are you currently drinking, Jamie? All right. Disc golfers will love this one because this is Smuggler's Notch Distillery. This is the bourbon from about 12 minutes up the street from where Worlds was being played. And it is very delicious. Uh, they also make a maple bourbon, which I don't usually like uh, flavored bourbons, right? You normally see like Jack Daniels infused with cinnamon or whatever. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> but they they age their bourbon in locally made uh uh, syrup barrels, maple syrup barrels after, after the, the maple syrup. syrup has been made or whatever. Yeah. So it kind of imparts that maple flavor without tasting like cheap carrot, like caramel coloring and flavoring and all that. So it's really good. My wife bought some maple flavoring, as you were saying, and she, she just said, hey, I found this. Someone said it was really good. Why don't you give it a shot? And it was not good. Honestly, Ooh. it just it just kind of I, I had to, I had to break it to her. I was like, you know, I appreciate the, the effort love but it really kind of just it didn't sit it didn't sit well with the uh with the bully it that i'm currently drinking i believe when i mixed it it was a, a maker's mark but with you i'm uh lately i've been more of a bourbon slash whiskey type person there you go uh, not beer has never sat well with me i've always either grown up in college it was always mixed drinks and shots and that led to a lot of fun times but now it's more of a slow a slow whiskey burn there you go. Don't drink, kids. Wait till you're of age. Wait till, yes, sure. Responsible, responsible parenting. <laughs> As I'm sure we both did. Which social situation is most appealing <laughs> to you right now? Good segue. Uh, a night at the club, a cocktail party, low-key gathering of my friends, a nice meal at a restaurant, a dinner party, hanging out at a dive bar, a chill beach party, a nice picnic in the park, or a huge rager party. Ooh, I think. Can you say you've five, done all nine of these types of parties? For sure, for sure. Uh, I've never been a club guy. I've gone to a couple pretty crazy clubs, like one of those mega clubs where it's eight rooms and they're all a different bar and a different theme, and it's like it's it's like a bad late nineties sci fi thriller movie in there. Uh, yeah, Dallas. Uh, Shout out to Dallas. I can't remember the name of the club, but I was that was I think one of the last ones I was in. <laughs> oh my god! And there's there's like no girls in there. At least the one I went to, just all dudes, a bunch of sweaty dudes, and seven different colored rooms, and then you go home. <laughs> so yeah, it's never been my scene. Um, you know, when I was a bartender, you just you hang out at the local dive bar, right? Have you, have you ever bartended or I've never in hospitality bar- at all? No, no, never. Uh, I haven't done hospitality since I think I was in high school doing, you know, fast food type stuff, but that's not even really sure. Doesn't really count. Yeah. You couldn't touch the sauce yet. 
Oh, you know, once once you get to once you get to like bartending or waiting tables, especially like the nicer restaurant you wait tables at, the more you have to blow off steam because you got to deal with some of these people. Mm. And so all of the servers and bartenders and all that will always end up at one bar in the neighborhood. There's like the server bar. So hanging out at a dive bar was like college and, and bartending days. But I think I got to go with a low key gathering of friends. I think it's a pretty typical 30 something answer. And 40. I'll give, uh, I'll be, I'm going to do that 40 as well. And uh, low oh, key gathering. So I still have like some legs on this. I can, I can do another, this low key gathering thing for a while. At least another 15 years, I think. Perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> this is, I think, then my I'm going favorite. back to the club. Yeah. The club, I miss it once in a great while. When we were in college, Terry and I traveled quite a bit, and it was always our favorite thing to do is you pull into a city you're going to be in for two to three days, and you just find whatever local gas station you're in, and you ask the person who's always probably 17, just like, where is the most fun place to go out? Where's the best club you have? And you figure out what their answer is. Nine times out of ten, it's bad. And... But every once in a while, you get a great answer, and it's led to a lot of fun nights. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to know about this. I'm hearing about some Johnny V and some T-Dog travel days. Oh, my gosh. We, starting in, I think it was our sophomore year of college, we started going, traveling all over the country to play disc golf. And Terry Terry was a top advanced player. I was a mediocre am player, but it was more about, going to a city and just letting loose. I mean, dance clubs and late nights and all-nighters. And there's a someday, it's almost an entire podcast of talking about Houston worlds and the night we had our car towed before (laughs) before the tournament, literally sleeping on the first tee. And it was, wow, it was ridiculous. But that's, it's like a 25 minute story and you can't leave any of it out because it it was nuts. Oh, there's so well, there's so many of those stories throughout disc golf. I feel like this is a great podcast idea, but I also feel like there's a lot of disc golfers, especially the ones that people want to hear that won't tell those stories. Well, here's the thing. The truth is, and this is going to sound bad, but the truth is not everybody needs to hear those stories. You're Everybody's right. a human, right? Even your favorite pro, even like the person that you hold in the highest esteem, every human has to do something to blow off steam. And somebody else's version of blowing off steam may not always agree with yours. And I think for sports in general, this goes to like all levels of sports. Sometimes it's just better to not know every little detail about somebody's life. Anonymous stories. That's what I want. I want to hear... Uh, yes, Simon Lazat is coming into town in like three days here in the Milwaukee. There's, there's a, uh, indoor experience presented by, uh, Discmania. So he's coming in and doing all this fun stuff with us. I would love to have a series of anonymous disc golf adventures because I can imagine, well, I could probably do a whole season with Greg Barsby and no one would know. Yeah. And, but things like Simon or Nate Sexton, when he was a little younger, Grab any of your Kenny, your Barry, some of the things that they did when they were younger that they look back now and go, oh, that was that was a night. I kind of I kind of want that. Yeah. But do you okay? do you think Nate Sexton acted younger when he was younger? No, I think Nate Sexton has always act acted exactly the age he is right now. Right now. now. Yes. Yes. (laughs) He's like, what, 30, 31, 32. Uh, He's 34. 
34. I know he's like the same age as Dawes. 33 or 34. 33 or 34. I think he's always yeah. acted 33 or 34. He's He looks like one of those guys that was just always responsible. Yes. He's, he's responsible. He gets up early. He goes to the health food stores when he travels. He he would bring his folding bike on the back of his RV for a nice little beach bike ride. Like, gosh, Sexton, that's why he wins U.S. championships and stuff like that. I can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> Me, I, I'm more on your end of things. Like, let's go to a big amateur tournament and – uh Oh, yeah, this guy wants me to hold a camera for him, and then uh, he'll pay me in beer and cigars. And so mm-hmm. I don't smoke, but I smoke cigars there. So, why not? Great. Yeah, why not? If if you are listening to this and you are between the ages of, I'm just going to go 21, 21 and 25, if you are not taking full advantage of your travel habits right now, I, I, I have nothing to say to you. Nothing to say to you. Go out, have an adventure, stay out all night. Have your car towed. Yes. Impounded. Run in, you know, run your car into a mountain and literally hitchhike to your first tee and then do it again the next night. Have some fun. You know, I relax so much on travel. And, and you know, like Avery, he's everybody's friend. He's a great ambassador for the sport. He's one of my closest friends. Uh, when I started traveling with Avery, like in the early days of Spin TV, because <laughs> it's all in UC's universe. It's in the UC-verse of like Disc Golf Park, Disc Mania, every big European event ever, all that stuff. So Spin TV was in his UC-verse. So he's kind of booking us on a lot of the same stuff. And I mean, traveling with Avery is like you'll never stress when you travel again. We've had our name being called. They're going to shut the door at the gate for a flight to go to a tournament. We've... uh We've like just barely made the train. Like there's just story on story. And that guy is more experienced in travel and has he's the person that you would have the most often on that podcast. That I believe. And I say that because of I think it was, yeah, 2011 Worlds in California at Santa Cruz. Oh yeah. We blew the doors off after the the minute the tournament ended, it was just kids there used to be a thing called grinding i think i was grinding with avery's now wife leah <laughs> with leah yes. with leah on the dance oh. floor and it was and avery looked over and all i just had was this drunk big grin and it was one of those nights that i don't remember all of it but i'll never forget some of it <laughs> oh leah is so much fun shout out to leah he's a blast so are you a big fun. are you a big or at all red hot chili peppers fan I'm a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. So this next question, it says, pick a flea face. We've got nine different faces of flea playing guitar. And as anyone that knows Red Hot Chili Peppers, he is a very animated person. So we have, I'm going to try to describe these for our audio listeners. We've got duck face flea. We've got contemplative flea. We have what looks like kind of a monkey flea. He's got his jaw pushed out. Surprised Flea with his gray cap. Double birds where he's flipping off the camera. Looks a lot younger because his hair is longer and he's wearing a, uh, looks like a 76ers jersey or maybe, no, maybe not. Uh, (laughs) Hold my breath, Flea. My tongue is sticking out, Flea. Uh, Confused Flea. Yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Confused Flea and deep into a solo, a guitar solo Flea. With his eyes closed, and it looks like he's just jamming away. Bass solo. 
Van Derzen. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not, that's that's true. Um, I'm not the biggest Chili Pepper fan, but you are right. He is the bass player, and he's not the guitar yeah. player. Here we go. I did know I that. I played bass uh, before I uh, really played guitar. I played a little guitar as a kid. But like in that garage band that everybody's in, in like middle school and high school, bass was my thing, and Flea was my dude because uh, like the Can't Stop had just come out. Like Can't Stop, By the Way, uh, Zephyr Song, those were like playing on the radio. And I was just like, oh, my God, the bass licks in that are amazing. <laughs> but this uh, this quiz should be called Which Drug is Flea on at this moment? I don't I don't know. I've 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 always thought Flea was pretty recently, at least as of the past 15 or 20 years, was pretty straight. Uh, recently, so- I'm sure. Yeah, quite sure. Recently, I've, re- I've read Anthony Kiedis's uh, memoir. Oh, and it's that. OK, that's a weird thing about me. We're supposed to be discovering weird things about me. I love reading memoirs of very very famous artists like it can be an actor or it can be a musician but somebody who i think is incredibly creative like i want to read how they have come to understand their own brain and their own weird process and so one about the chili peppers is like you know you gotta read that rock stars in general i mean i can't even imagine i think there's a keith richards one out there but You've got that and some of the old 80s hair metal bands. Uh, the Springsteen one, I listened to a majority of it as my wife was listening to it in the, on Audible. Oh, the one that just came out? I, I believe so. That's on my list. I want to I listen to that. And uh, it just uh, amazing. Some of them are, again, it's, it goes along with that question I just had. You know, if you're not 21 through 25 and having adventures, what's the point? I kind of feel like this. that's how they lived most Upcoming bands live that way when they're traveling city to city. Oh, totally. All right, but to not waste any more time, the f- okay, the face I'd probably make is the one in the bottom left. The tongue out. The tongue out. So he looks like he's wearing kind of a sport jacket, but he's got a he's got his tongue sticking all the way out. Yeah, that seems like that seems like me. I would never dye my hair like that. Yeah, you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't pull it off. Yeah, it's probably best no. that way. That bleach blonde yeah. look. Well, it was like red beard. Give me a break. I look, rid- <laughs> I look more ridiculous than yeah, I already to, do. You'd have to dye the whole thing. <laughs> Near and dear to my heart, from Wisconsin. Choose a cheese. Mm. We got cheddar. Oh, uh, Gruyere. Gruyere. I don't know. Gruyere. Gruyere. Thank you, Gruyere. Yeah. Uh, mozzarella, nacho. You don't nope. like cheese. Gouda, Stilton. Manchego or Brie? Manchego. Manchego. I, I've always loved cheese, so the middle one's not an option. But I was a little more of like the kind of typical American, I would say, and like what cheeses I would eat. And my wife opened up a lot of cheese doors for they me. They do that. My wife did the same with me when she started getting a smoked Brie and started making me eat things like a spinach and artichoke dip, which had different cheese. She introduces all sorts of crazy cheeses. Yeah. What is it about dudes that we just like normal, boring cheeses until somebody's like, hey, <laughs> uh, if there's a whole world of this stuff out there. We took it out of a cow and then we fermented it a hundred thousand different ways. You should try all of them. I swear until I was 18, I just thought all cheese came in plastic packages. <laughs> yeah. one, one slice at a time. Craft <laughs> like singles. Yes, exactly. You went to Subway and your mind was blown. They're like, what kind of cheese do you want? Like, what? Kind? There's more than one kind? That's the wrong white. color. 
<laughs> white cheese or yellow cheese? Like, it's like you're asking what <laughs> eggs you want. White or yellow? Um, okay. Near and dear to my heart is mozzarella cheese. I know it's like the fattiest, most unhealthy cheese, but I love it so much. Mozzarella it is. Ah. What is probably your best quality? We're going to like a job interview almost. I think one of the questions we asked AJ was what was, you know, what's your worst? How the question go? It's the typical. Like what's your weakness? What's, yeah. What's your biggest weakness? So I feel like this is right along those lines. What's your best quality? I give great advice. I'm kind and supportive. I have good taste in the arts. I'm willing to take risks. I'm very open-minded. I have a strong personal style. I'm rather intelligent. I'm a very, I'm very well read. I'm just really, really cool. I feel like I am rather intelligent is the trap one. Like intelligent (laughs) people would say I'm very well read, but stupid people are going to be like, no, I'm intelligent. I'm the smart one. I'm the smart one in this conversation. You're stupid. And the other person's like, well, I read this thing one time that actually says that we have a different perspective. So there's a trap in there somewhere. (laughs) Um, I think I'm willing to take risks would be the best quality. Because I think uh, if you're not taking risks and if you're not constantly trying to figure out who you are and how to better yourself, you know, that's kind of like giving up on life. You got to keep you got to keep trying things and doing new things. It's my that's my opinion. Get a little boring. I'm with you. Which scent is most appealing? Oranges, lavender, barbecue. A wood-burning stove, old books, vanilla, baking bread, ocean breeze, or old leather. Not making the Anchorman joke that everybody would make right now about books and studies and mahogany and stuff. Um, You know what I love? I love barbecue. I love Texas barbecue. Oh, my God. I want to go down. I want to go. I need to get down to Austin to these tour events that are going through West Texas. You need, need to go to Waco and like see Nick Hyde and stuff like that. If for nothing else than to just stop in Austin and get some badass barbecue. I've heard they have a few places in Austin that serve some killer barbecue. And I would I'd join you on that excursion, most certainly. Let's do it. We'll go to Salt Lake. Oh, uh, Oh, that's all you have Stories to say. There. That's all you have to say is salt licking. And, and right away, I have a little bit of saliva starting to come out the side of my mouth, and everyone just goes, "Oh mm. yeah." Everyone's heard the stories. It almost—I'm almost afraid to that it can't live up to the legend, but I feel like it will. It's about who you're there with, too. I mean, the first time I went there, the Avery has pictures of this. Avery and Leah have pictures of this on their Facebook. Um, it was. Oh my God, everybody was there. It was Jay and Des Redding. It was Coling. It was Big Swede, Richard Keelander. Yep. It was David Wiggins, uh, Simon. I'm, miss, I'm missing a couple people. All The whole Jenkins family, uh, Nate and Val included, obviously. And we just went through so much barbecue. We went through, so, like, they kept coming around and going, because it's family style, right? It's like all you can eat. And they're like, are you guys done yet? Think about the names sitting there and how much meat they could pack away in one sitting. Just thinking like Doss, Avery, and Colander. Though Colander, yes. Coling and Killander. Killander, together. sorry, Killander. I put them together. Killander. Like, 
he is a big dude. Yeah. A ton of fun, but that guy's a, a I was almost that night after Worlds, he was there in Santa Cruz. And I remember oh, of course. He because he's everywhere. He's at every he's party. Everywhere. He's at every party. Such a such a such a great guy. And uh I remember the first time I saw him, he, he was he was intimidating. He's just such a a massive person. And I don't look up to a lot of people and I I kind of have to look up to him. And uh and I just remember looking like, geez, that is not a guy you would want to mess with. And he's the biggest sweetheart. Biggest sweetheart. Oh, of course. The rule of anybody who's like that big and ripped and like looks like they're going to just rip you apart with their bare hands. They're the nicest person ever. So I imagine he could probably eat a cow. And not think like without cooking it, maybe, but I probably prefer to cook it, but I bet he do it without. I believe it. Which vegetable is the most you? Eggplant, spinach, avocado, carrots, beets, cucumber, asparagus. Corn or pepper? Oh, most definitely pepper. Pepper. You're spicy. You like that? I love spicy. Mm. I mean, I my mom's side of the family comes from Louisiana. Great history of cooking with spice there. Cajun. Thailand. I'm asking for the spiciest thing you can get while we're there. I I love it. <laughs> All right, that's love an easy. It. That's an easy question. I, I love asparagus, so I'm gonna, I would go with that. Because I always think asparagus mm. and steak. So. I like it if you grill it. Yeah, grilling it's all right. It's, it's like cheating it, right? It, it is. I mean, you grill anything and almost it's always better. But uh, even sautéing asparagus is, can be delicious. And Okay. All right. Yeah, give me give me your uh, sauté recipe. What do I need to try here? I'm learning to be an adult and like cook and oh, stuff like that. This is it, Jamie. I don't, I don't know. I leave that. My wife cooks the asparagus. I usually, I'll cook the steak. She'll cook the asparagus. I don't know how she does it. She has something in a pan, and when it's done, it is phenomenal asparagus. So I never question. I never ask. I just always assume she'll be by my side to cook the asparagus for me. <laughs> I don't want to know. Is it is it one of those things that's like deep down, and you guys have a fight in 10 years, and you're going to be like, you never told me how to make your asparagus, <laughs> or are you, like, are you cool with it? I'm completely cool, cool with it. I, in fact, I actively avoid knowing. A, so I don't have to do it, because I know if I do it, I will probably <laughs> screw it up. And I'm I'm good with the steak. I cook that very well, I think. And she cooks almost that steak is like the one thing I'll cook. She's a, our meal preparer, and she cooks all sorts of wonderful things. But asparagus, mm, ah, yummy. There you go. All right, all right. Well, I'm coming over to y'all's house to try some asparagus next time. I'm uh, the first time I visit Wisconsin. The first time you visit Wisconsin. What's I the best myself way? Over. How many? Ooh, this is a good question. How many serious breakups? Have you had in your life? Serious breakups? Serious breakups. The ones that the ones that leave a, a gut punch. Um, only one, actually. True fact about me, uh, I've known my wife since high school. We only got married three and a half years ago at this point. Uh, but we were together pretty much throughout college and grad school, so it wasn't like it's not the expected path, and I don't usually I don't reveal that a lot because you get the whole like oh you're high school sweetheart mm-hmm. you're never gonna move out of your hometown and <laughs> she's gonna be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and all that stuff but it it happened to work out like that so nothing wrong with that so what's the best way to get over a breakup okay you have, you have one experience cried out on your experience. own cried out with your best friend throw yourself into your work brood on your own go out dancing hook up with someone immediately 
find a way to vent anger safely, pretend nothing ever happened, or duh, drink. Hmm. I'm going to modify this question a little bit to something I know a little more about, and that's how do you get over throwing around that's so far under your player rating that you hope it doesn't stay on your permanent rating? You hope mm-hmm. that like it's so many standard deviations away, you just drop it. I have lots of experience with that. As do I. So. To the point where now it's like those low ones are, I'm thinking like that's getting harder and harder to, to throw them out. <laughs> I'm saying I, I that's like almost worse than a breakup at this point. Maybe I've just been with somebody for too long, but breakups are like, eh, you know, there's there's fish in the sea. You know, there's disc golf rounds. There's never going to be another opportunity to beat that one person that I really wanted to beat on this course today. Son on of a- today. <laughs> God. AJ. Damn it. <laughs> no. Couldn't beat AJ Risley. Um, let's see. I usually what I do is throw myself pretty hard into my work when something upsets me generally in life. I just, you know, you get, you get to work and you don't think about it and you just kind of try to put your head down and see if you can turn that anger into something positive. Um, either that or playing, play guitar and, you know, write a little pansy song about it, but that's not an option on this list. So (laughs) that was, uh, that was my first breakup. Pansy little uh, poems and stuff when you're in high school. Uh, okay, you don't you don't have to tell me what it was, but do you still remember it? No, God, no. I remember writing it down in a notebook, and I I don't think I have those notebooks. About six or seven years ago, I cleaned house with a lot of old stuff. You know, those old high school notebooks, the yeah. the stack of concert tickets that you kept for whatever reason, and movie tickets that now you can't even remember who you went to that movie with. I, cl- I cleared a ton of that out. I have wow. I have a small shoebox which is hidden away in my house that I don't even think my wife knows where it is. She knows I have it. But I don't think she knows where it is. It just sits there, and I haven't looked at it in probably six years since I cleaned everything out. So it's your rosebud. It it is. It's my rosebud. Oh, I want to know. I want to know what's in Johnny V's rosebud box now. <laughs> Okay, you know that show in Practical Jokers where you get all the friends together and the loser gets punished? Sure. Okay, well, it's a really stupid show about four comics who, like, they have to do public stunts, go up to talk to people or do what the other people tell them to do through an earpiece in public. And whoever fails the most challenges in that episode gets punished. And these guys have, like, known each other since high school. And I feel like that if we could get you and Terry to do a version (laughs) of this show that we could eventually for the season finale get to the Johnny V Rosebud box. You that could happen. I bet you there's some high school letters in there. I bet you there's probably a couple pictures in there. Probably not much more than that, but I will say Terry is a hoarder and I guarantee you I could if if something ever happened and I had to dig through his house, I could find a a bunch of old high school stuff from him. He likes that. He likes uh, to keep that stuff around. Uh that those that okay you're i'm gonna get you guys in trouble your patreon (laughs) subscribers should get access to your personal lives unlike the athletes we should stay out of them but we have no shame in the media oh no no it's all it's all about getting everything out and when yeah i think it's one of the reasons i really like podcasting it's such a personal medium i'm writing your ears usually if you're listening to this and i i have almost almost no shame in my personal 
life, my, my history. It's for the most part, I feel like I'm an open book on almost everything. So very few things do I hold back on. Usually just family is kind of the indirect, you know, my, my, which is funny because my direct family, I'll, I'll talk about them all the time, but usually my extended family, I kind of keep them out of it, but, but it's a little smoke screened, right? Like I'm the same way. I try not to bring my family into the world of me. I don't want my family to be a target of like things that beef that people have with me or things people may think about me. I want to like keep them a little insulated from it. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. This is yeah. our final question. So now we are going to find out what booze you fit into once we uh, throw yourself into your work. You got beer. All American. You're a humble, unpretentious person who likes to keep things nice and simple. People love that you're so straightforward, but often don't give enough credit for your complex personality. I didn't make this. This is like the best possible. That description is like everything I could have ever hoped for. That's what you want. And that's what you want people to think. Yeah. That could be on my tombstone. We can put that. I'll put this picture. We'll take it and we'll make sure it's on your tombstone when you die. We'll talk to your wife and we'll, we'll, we'll say, oh, he was humble and unpretentious. And she will laugh at us like we didn't know you. And somebody will write on my wall because I think tombstones are going to have like comment walls by that point. Then somebody's going to write on my comment wall. Nah, dude, that guy sucked. <laughs> Hated his commentary in 2013 when he was with XYZ. I didn't I didn't like it. Why do you even have grandkids? Should have had Jomez had his grandkids for him or something. <laughs> should have uh, hired Jomez. This tomb, this tombstone is great, but it should have been Jomez. <laughs> <laughs> if Jomez produced it, it would have been a better tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's great. That's our two quizzes here for our episode of Smashbox TV Unsanctioned. We're going to get another one more quiz in with Jamie Thomas. If you're a Patreon supporter, it is the one I've picked out specifically for him because I know him just a little bit. Jamie, where can everybody find you and how can they communicate on your social media, so to speak, in your Instagram or your Twitters or your Facebooks or however you prefer to communicate with the world? Yeah. So uh, on Facebook, Jamie Thomas, put the M before the I. And you will find me pretty quickly. I'll be the guy who's outspoken. On Instagram, at SpinJT. Hold over from the Spin TV. Tip of the cap to that. And uh, Ulti World Disc Golf. We've got some awesome stuff coming up this year. Uh, Charlie and I on the podcast, as always. Can't wait to have Terry and Johnny back on. Let us know when you got something to come dish about. And we'll we'll have you guys on again. That was fun. And uh Pay attention to the Ulti World YouTube page. The YouTube channel is going to get some fresh stuff this year. This is actually the first time I'm saying anything about that publicly, so you get the exclusive. I know. I've seen a little behind-the-scenes picture or two that you've yeah. posted in some secret media groups we have, and it's it's exciting. It's looking pretty good. Thanks. Jamie, thank you for joining us, and we will catch everybody in a few minutes on the Patreon feed. Thank you, and good night.